This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. He's got Hello everyone and welcome to a very special episode of Two Slips in the Gully. I'm joined by both my co-hosts tonight. Glenn, how are you, mate? Hello, good. How are you? I am excellent. Very, very good. I've had a really good day today and I'm here talking cricket with my mates. Aaron, how are you, mate? Mate, same. Same, same. You same, same. Really, yeah. Can't really fault it. It's no. A, it's a recipe. It, it, it's foolproof. There, there's, there's, a buzz in, there's a buzz in the studio tonight. It is. It is our 150th episode. Yeah, well done. We've now we're on our daddy hundred now. We're on the we've opened the door to the daddy hundred. We've dug in, we've reset, we've uh, played the good balls, and we're we're and turning we're, our our hundred into a big one. And we're put we're pushing on. We're, we're pushing really on. pushing on. Um, this could turn into anything. Yeah, it could. It could. Uh, plenty of things to talk about tonight. We are going to have a bit of an introspective look at the uh, our journey from beginning to where we are now. But uh, we've still got plenty of time to talk about all things cricket. One thing I wanted to bring up was uh, Steve Smith firing a shot across the uh, the media's bow earlier today. Did we all catch that? Yes, it was. Um, it was very interesting, and, and you couldn't help but laugh because it just—it's one of those succinct little statements that just rings so true. <laughs> so what we're talking about, for those that may not have seen it, is there was a uh, Code Cricket, which is a, a sporting uh, website, sporting website. Put out a tweet, England paceman Joffre Archer terrorised Australia's batsmen four years ago, but Steve Smith can, uh, and co can breathe a huge sigh of relief after an update from England's medical staff this evening. Talking about the fact that, it, and it is, we'll move on to Steve Smith's comment in a second, but yeah, Joffre Archer has been ruled out for the English summer, so he's put on ice, hoping he'll be back ready to go for the World Cup, but that rules him out for, for the Ashes. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see much... Of Red Bull cricket from Joffrey yeah, Archer in the future. I, I think he's done as a test bowler. Yeah, this was his chance. He's not been any younger, and an elbow injury for a fast bowler is pretty yeah. debilitating. He'll like, he'll go and chase the, yeah, the white ball him. dollars and well, rock up for World Cups. Well, and, so on the issue of Joffrey Archer, it looks like the Indians are offering him um, full time contract. Yeah, that he was. He's the first player that's been approached to officially approached. Yeah. They've have been hyperbole around it, but uh, Archer was approached with the. Uh, Signing the next mega auction, I believe they call it in the IPL, signing uh, Joffre Archer to a 12 month deal, which would then mean the onus is on um, who's he play for? England. No, who's he? Who's IPL? Mumbai Indians. So the onus would be on the Mumbai Indians to offer the non objection clause to allow him to represent England. So rather than the other way around, he would be a, a Mumbai Indians player, and then you would assume then follow. To you know, maybe MI New York and yeah. and the is it MI Cape Town yeah and the, all those subsidiaries all the, yes. of the the Mumbai Indians are playing for them for the year um, and then released to England obviously when there's no clashes so he's the first one they've spoken to directly being that being an option but uh, moving to the funny thing that happened with that so obviously they've come out and talked about that he's terrorised the Australian batsman 
Steve Smith has uh, retweeted this and gone terrorised, put up an emoticon of a thinking face. Remind me when I was dismissed by him. Exactly. So uh, Steve Smith woke up this morning and chose oh, violence. I'm, I'm almost wondering whether Marnus Labuschagne has uh, ever sent Jofra Archer like a thank you note for his death career. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because like that gave him his start, really. Like, if, and let's if that face doesn't it, happen, his first ball in Test cricket was wearing one straight on the scone from Jofra Archer. Yeah, but yeah. he bounced straight back up like yeah. one of those blow up clowns that you yeah. could punch. Just boing! Oh, I'm not I'm good. I'm good. Don't concuss me out. I'm yeah. fine. Yeah. And, so um, it would have been rest- ironic to be concussed out as a concussion substitute. Oh, I know it wouldn't. What? <laughs> well, how about that for pub trivia? <laughs> yeah, it would have been a good yeah. one. But mm. yeah, um, I think oh, you really don't know where to go with this. I mean, I've been watching Joffre Archer's comeback for quite a while now, and I've got my doubts that he's ever going to be the bowler. Oh, I, I don't think so. Um, Not with an elbow injury a, a, like a couple, that. It's just every time he gets going, it- yeah, he's been. Rubbish to be quite frank in the IPL this year in the games that he's played. He's bowled fast, don't get me wrong, he's, he's touched this the over the 150 with a speed gun, but he's getting belted. Uh, he's getting a lot of movement with the white ball and sometimes to his own detriment. There was a, a game that I watched where he bowled about four down the leg side, yeah. all at 154 or 100 near enough to 150 clicks, but he just was nipping it yeah. back. Um, behind the batsman's legs from outside off stump, and it's just and he just had no yeah, had none no, of that control. He, he just didn't look like. Do you think he's he, he at his best? He looks so menacing. He reminds me so much of Michael Holding in his prime, and I mm-hmm. saw Michael Holding in his prime, and he was probably the most lethal. Him and Malcolm Marshall were the two most lethal fast bowlers. Yeah. Do you think he should uh, maybe sort of look to bowl a bit slower? For, to look after his longevity, just, just become a one thirty kind of guy who moves nah, around. He hasn't. He hasn't nah. got enough there to be a one thirty bowler. He's not. A he's a, he's a difference maker at one forty five. At one thirty, yeah. he. Yeah. If, if that's what it takes for him to continue playing cricket, and that's what he wants to do, but if he yeah. wants to be one of the best in the world, he needs to figure out a way to do it without sacrificing yeah. too much pace. I'm just thinking like a, a Kemar Roach sort of style uh, transformation. You know, it might be what's required for him yeah. to have a long career, but if he wants to continue to be one of the best bowlers in the world, he needs to figure out a way to stay healthy bowling 145 kilometres per hour. Yes, yeah. yeah. I um, actually think he's been somewhere along the line. He's been very, he's either been coerced or he's been very badly advised in his rehab. The fact that during the IPL, he went, he left India and went to Europe to have a procedure, whatever a procedure means, on his injured elbow. Then he went back and played again. Now, like I said, an elbow injury for a fast bowler, you know, it's his bowling arm. Mm. You're just asking for trouble. I would have thought that... You can only assume that he had been given advice from doctors that that was, you know, it was something that he would be able to do. You can't imagine that... Considering the amount of money that he could earn through his whole career, I mean, yeah, okay, so he misses this IPL, but if he comes back next year fully healthy, or if he goes back this week and then you know rubbish, there's so much future earnings there. You've got to imagine that there's somebody there tapping him on the shoulder, going, "I saw that." Like, yeah, you could be somebody very highly qualified, you think? But I suppose that. They still make mistakes. Yeah, I think it's been a big mistake. And I think certainly in this IPL and the period leading up to what he's been mishandled. Yeah. um, I don't think. Yeah, it's uh, whoever's giving him this medical advice 
And you can only assume he's Maybe dealing he went with to a very, or something. Oh, who knows? <laughs> but well, it just defies logic that you've fl- you've flown from India to Europe, which is you know it's a six seven hour flight, and then you're had surgery, and then you go back, and then three or four days later you're bowling again. That is extraordinary. Even if you had a minor arthroscopy or something on the elbow to clean it out, I would have thought that's at least two weeks off. Maybe we yeah, like. There's got to be a lot of people in that brain trust that are that are invested in in Joffre So you can only assume that he went to that and the he had medical advice that would said, yeah, you know, you should be right to go pretty much straight away. So, um, well, well, one thing for there's, sure, there's too much. There's too much like money involved in sports. All it's going to take is you know a law a lawsuit saying, well, I went to you and. You indicated that I'd be able to play, and now I've gone and injured it more. Like then you you bankrupt the well the I doctor. I, so I, the, the, I he, if there if he if there was a chance that if he if a chance he shouldn't have been able to bowl, it would have been made abundantly clear. No activity for yeah. you know fourteen days before you go and do anything sort of thing. Yeah. So if if he if he came back to India and was he was playing within a week. If he was coming back to India and played straight away, he was under the impression that he was allowed to. So yeah. which is yeah anyway that that's another story. I, I personally think he's a talisman for the Englishman as opposed to being the be-all and end-all for them. I can see them doing quite well without Joffre Archer. Oh, well, they have, they have done quite They've well done without Joffre Archer. You know, but he'll, he would be the cherry on top if they could get him, especially for that be. World Cup campaign. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, that's probably what he's got to be aiming for now. Yeah, well, that's it. It's just, he shouldn't be picking a, a cricket ball up now for the next couple of months. Just sit back and, and watch the Ashes and, yeah. and, you know, forget about it, mate, because otherwise you're not going to have a very, a very long career. You're not going to be cashing in on that. Year-round deal with the Mumbai Indians is yeah, probably going to be some ridiculous amount of money. Oh, it'd be millions and millions of dollars. Yeah, and uh, he's going to—he missed the BBL too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gee, <he> shattered. <laughs> but, but, I mean, it'd be interesting to have a look at his BBL record because he was fearsome in the BBL. Oh yeah, he, he was. was. Yeah, this is when, he, when he first was making his way. He was—he was a scary dude, man. Oh, Didn't he play for yeah. the Hurricanes? Yeah. Yeah, hurricanes. Um, and before we move on to the rest of the podcast, we'll give a shout out to uh, Ireland and Bangladesh for playing some very exciting uh, couple oh, yeah. of one day internationals over the um, uh, the last week. The and, Irish uh, are learning quickly, aren't they? It uh, it took me an awful amount of sleuthing to find somewhere where I could watch the bloody thing, but I found it. You I found, found it. it. Uh, it was yeah, very entertaining. Um, Harry Tector is a serious talent. Serious, serious talent. He scored a, a 110 ball, 140 yeah. in the second game. Um, just ab- like real big, clean. A lot of – I showed you some of the highlights. A bit of Kevin Peterson about him, wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah. yeah you've mentioned that in the past. I do I do see some of the similarities, certainly physique-wise and stuff like that, and the way really? that he – the way he clubs that ball through the covers. He's got that very oh, and KP he, his, sort of his pickup for um, hitting the ball over Avenue high over mid wicket. Yeah, yeah, he's really quick on that. Oh, um, they, had, they had some short boundaries in that, but it, it wouldn't have mattered if we yeah. got the MCG for some of those. <laughs> yeah, real. Yeah, it, it was making hits. it look like they were just playing on a junior field. It was like <laughs> that, that ball's just gone down the street and caught a bus onto the you know <laughs> onto the freeway or something. Like, just yeah, yeah. Um, and against some like Shakib Alassane, like who's one of the one of the premier one-day international bowlers in the world, just absolute disdain he was treating him with. Yeah. Um, George Dockrell as well in that second game had a really good um, really good uh, 80, 70, 80 off 30 yeah. or 40 of balls. He, he's an extraordinary 
story because I remember seeing George Dockrell at the start of his career and he could barely knew which end of the bat to hold. Yeah, he's and like, now he's become quite a, a a handy bowling all rounder. Yeah. Yeah, very, and he was one of the key. But like, there wasn't a lot of wickets taken in, no. in a series. It was very no. much a batting. I think batting it was, series. wasn't about fourteen wickets in two games over four innings or something. Yeah, like that. It was it was some ridiculous. But uh, some very very good hitting, um, and just yeah, it was just it was good to watch. And like, they were all close, and uh, Ireland needed to um, win that three nil to to qualify for the World Cup. Uh, no, not to qualify for the World Cup. It was if um, to for South. Africa to fall out. Oh, okay. Um, and then obviously with the washout, then in the first game that, yeah. that meant that um, South Africa qualified. But oh, no, that's right. I remember saying that. Yeah, I, now I vaguely remember reading that somewhere. Um, but uh, in uh, in the last game, which uh, there was uh, some really good innings, uh, uh, our Dockrell bowled very well into control the middle overs. Uh, Mark Adair, who is coming along quite nicely as a bowler, he got four for. But there was um, Tammy McBowell came and does what he does. Great at the top of the order. Uh, They're going to miss him when he goes, aren't they? Mm. They uh, ended up just sneaking home. There were some some good contributions. Tech to 45. Lorcan Tucker, another player, got a 50. Um, They fell a few runs short in that third game. But, yeah, it was Mustafizor Rahman was uh, the chief destroyer up front. 10 10 overs, 4 for 44. Um, he really nipping that ball around early yeah. on made life very difficult. It's extraordinary to think that these guys learn how to do this on those dead flat wickets in Bangladesh, isn't it? Like they yeah. learn how to to make that ball talk and you know presenting the seam in different ways and stuff like their skill sets. Actually, some of those guys are, is very 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 impressive. But it, it's um, it was just really good quality. And Bangladesh are no slouches. And so, you know, um, in a rain-reduced rain game in the second one, Ireland put on 319 off 45 overs, and it was uh, chased down with three balls to spare. So it went right down to the wire. Um, and that was powered by a... Um, uh, so, yeah, the, hundred and, the 140 from Harry Tector and... Um, there was another big hundred from was it uh, Shanto? I think yeah, yeah same Shanto. Yeah, um, he got one. A I big think hundred. that's his first one as well. And so he charged that home, and then ended up winning by what three? Yeah, three balls. Yeah. And then the next one uh, bowled Bangladesh out for two seventy four, and then ran out of balls. They they won Bangladesh won by five runs yeah. and no one wickets down for for Ireland. So you know it was. Um, some really good, really close cricket. Um, kept everyone in the uh, in the game. It just made it really entertaining to watch. Well, I mean, like I said, the Irish are learning, aren't they? And playing against all these these subcontinental teams can only do them good, even in these foreign conditions and stuff like that. Well, this was in England they played this one. Yeah, they didn't show us but yeah. I'm just making the point. They've been over there. They've played against these guys. In but they're, not, they're not scared of anyone, are they? No, they've they, shown that in, well, for better part of... 15 years now at World yeah. Cups that they're not overawed by the, the big occasion. They yeah. they love to be the giant killers, the one that mm-hmm. come out there and upset the big team. So good on them. Well done. Yeah, absolutely. All right, guys. After this, we're going to get into the festivities that is our uh, 150th episode. Go on, straight down the throat of first slips. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Here we are, 150 episodes later. Um, very well played, gentlemen. Very well played. Um, there's been a few changes between now and then. Uh, Glenn, you've been with me since the beginning. Um, yeah. We've gone through a couple of hosts. We've had uh, Scotty. Scotty was yeah. uh, version one, uh, two slips in the gully host. And then, mm-hmm. uh, well, he made, what, 30, 40 episodes, and we brought on... Brought on Gary. You have to say, he didn't go on with it. He didn't He didn't go on with it. Um, and uh, they keep whinging about the rest of their lives, like their yeah. work and stuff getting in yeah, the way. It's like, who cares? We're talking about cricket. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Gary came on. For those of you who've been following the podcast for a while, Gary was the next host we got on. He uh, he came in and filled Scotty's shoes admirably, but uh, uh, like Scotty, he didn't go on with it. He, he bowed out. Well, to be fair, he was a little flaky after the first 20 or so episodes. And getting oh, him in from, like, 70 onwards was a bit of hit and miss. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you, you always felt that he was he was he had one with his name on it. It was all, you know, yeah. you know if, there, if it was a TV show, it was saying special guest star, oh, Gary oh, Bennett. Yes. Not not starring Gary Bennett, it was yeah. special guest star. You're like, oh, yeah. that guy's not going to be here. Special appearance by. <laughs> <laughs> no, Gary was great fun. It was, uh, unfortunately, again, uh, work and, and life got in the way of being able to consistently commit to... To um, you know, a couple of hours talking cricket on uh, on a weeknight, but uh, he his contributions were were very much loved here. He was a, a great asset, but uh, he made way, and uh, you ready made come in episode ninety nine. So why um while we're also talking about our one fiftieth, you my friend Aaron have brought up your fiftieth episode. Yes, it's been a long grind. I'm- Got a couple away at a boundary as well, so yeah, I'm pretty happy with the whole thing to be quite honest. No, it's been very, very good. We do need Glenn or at least a third party here more often than not because I'm sure there's some episodes where it's just been the two Aaron's where people have switched out halfway because we get lost down a rabbit hole of. Oh, of course. I get lost down a rabbit hole, but it's usually the, a different rabbit hole to yes. everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so that's why you've been, you've been, what did I dub him? The deacon of the devil's advocacy. Yeah. Yes. yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I actually, one of the things that I do love about being on the podcast, and certainly when Glenn's here, is we have very interesting debates. When we, and we have factual debates. We're talking facts. Yeah. And, yes, we express our opinions and stuff like that, but what we talk about is basically based very much on what cricket is based yeah. on, and that's numbers. It, it goes back to uh, hours on uh, how stat, just looking through. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Uh, I mean... I, I love how stat. Like, yeah. do, are you even a cricket fan if you don't do that? I wonder it's what right. Dean Jones averaged late in his career from, like, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. From like, say, let's say from 89 to 93 when they actually... Yeah. Um, that's <laughs> ceremoniously. Yeah, I just used that as a as a random sort of just thought. Yeah. Why do I have these thoughts? But you know, with with that kind of resource, but, it's, uh, but that, and, that. and and what I what I really like, it's you know, it helps us 
well, it certainly helps me. I'm sure it does you guys as well. We're all very, very passionate about cricket. We're all cricket tragics. And yeah. it gives us an excuse and an avenue to really delve into that uh-huh. or borderline addiction that we've got. Like, <laughs> yes. it, it gives us a purpose to go and, like, we, we, we probably end up just looking at how stat and spending hours on there and looking at numbers and going, wow, how amazing was that, and delving into the deep and dark side of cricket statistics but this gives us an outlet and an avenue to make it feel like it's a constructive use of our time absolutely we're total frauds (laughs) so what you're saying is we're like AA for cricket essentially yes I don't even know if it's that. AA is trying to get you out of yeah, like yeah. Yeah. out of the. We're problem. not going anywhere. <laughs> it's just it's just giving us a, a, a an excuse to delve into our. <laughs> Absolutely, and yeah. I, I, the, the interesting thing too, um, I find is that when when we're having these discussions, I'm never quite sure where it's going because I just speak from what I feel. What I I have very strong opinions about a lot of things in cricket, as most people who listen to the podcast might know. Um, and we don't, despite what people think, always agree. No, not at all. We, we, we agree quite a lot, which yes. is which is good. Which means that we're we're largely all on the right track, or we're all on the wrong one. But uh, there are times that we, I think, man catting is one that so where the three of us don't really yes. agree on. That's that's always been a touchy subject. We've in the. Two slips for two. That's not a touchy subject. No, just stay in the group. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, and, and for those of you, for those of you new to the podcast, might be wondering: there's there's not a lot of uh, scripting is not the right word, but there isn't a lot of it. We we have a very vague outline of sort of topics that we want to broach, but yeah. there's not like a big planning meeting before we get onto the podcast to sort of work out yeah. dot point what we're going to say. It is very much – when when Glenn, myself, and, and Scotty started this, we wanted it to really feel like, you know, three mates, you know, what yeah. it would be like three mates sitting in the pub and just getting into the conversation about cricket and just getting stuck in and, yeah. and, and just seeing where the conversation goes – and so we we very consciously didn't want a framework going. All right, we're going to talk about um, you know the the World Cup semi final, and I'm going to talk about how good Ben Stokes was, and uh, Glenn, you're going to have to talk about the the, the validity of the, the the super over and talk about the it was yeah. just I think, work it all I out. Think it was, very early on, if we maybe the first two episodes or something, we were we were pausing it every like ten minutes or something, and uh, you know, oh no, we'll go back. I didn't get that right or anything like that. Uh, but yeah, from then on, it was just like that. That took four hours, guys. We we can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've had um, we've had a couple of epic sessions here since I've been yeah. here. I mean, and we say to ourselves every week, we're not going down rabbit holes. We're not getting. We're yeah. not getting. We're not getting into this. Right. Yeah. And so Next far, so, so far tonight we've already been down one. Yeah, we the, did. the Joffre Archer rabbit hole. Yeah. Luckily, we extracted ourselves. <laughs> uh, so, what about you? So, you're the newest one here, Aaron. You're the uh, the the podcast baby, so to speak. We've I've got 150 up. Glenn is somewhere around about there, 140 odd. I think he's missed a few over the time. So, what have, what have you enjoyed about the whole process? Not necessarily talking cricket, but like, what have you enjoyed about getting your getting your message out there onto onto the world wide web? Oh, look, I am. Um, I'm just fascinated. I was, when I first come in, um, I was absolutely fascinated by the whole thing, you know, and how how technical it is, but how simple it also is as well. And, um, yeah, I'm just being – I'm still fascinated by the whole thing and, like, obviously as we go on and the technology will evolve and stuff like that, we'll have more things that we do. But, yeah, ideally I just love to talk about cricket. <laughs> 
and I don't have anybody else to talk to cricket to about cricket to. I know they moved you out of my department at work. It's, it's, yeah, it's, much that sucks. Well, <laughs> there, there goes. Well, that was our weekly plan in the <laughs> podcast, basically every day, um, trolling through cricket info and whatever, and ESPN. ESPN um, cricket info is one of my favourite websites. I it do, is good. I yeah. do love the stories that they get on there, even if I think some of them are a little bit waffly. But, oh, um, they're nowhere near as waffly as Fox Sports. Oh, oh God. <laughs> we, we've been down to Fox Sports rabbit hole previously. I know. Uh, just Fox in general. You what know, annoys me most about Fox the Fox hole. Sports ones is yeah. the Fox <laughs> off. <laughs> is that whenever they've got – so they've got an overarching topic. So it might be, you know, um, you know Joff Archer's injury. Yeah. And they might, that might be the, the, the topic. And they'll have four or five different articles from different perspectives that might come out about, you know, Joffre, or, you know being injured. And then it might loosely tie into how Joffre Archer's injury impact his... Like, I'm not saying these are accurate articles. Don't go looking for them. I'm using it as an example. Yeah. Um, so it might be Joffre Archer's been injured. The next one will be how will Joffre Archer's injury impact his IPL contract. And then it just da 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 And it'll basically be two or three paragraphs at the top of the article which is different and then the bottom six or seven will just be the same article and it's it's just crap journalism essentially absolutely rubbish journalism where's the days of our Alan McGilvray's and it's all it's all quantity over quality now it's just we need to have something cricket pop up every day so people click on it and it's just the great the great cricket journalists like your Neville Cardis's and your Peter Roebuck's and stuff like that be turned in their grave in some of the stuff and it's not just cricket it's sport in general it's sport in general it's just become such rubbish I mean I think the sports the sports uh, department is where they put all the numpties who only got 51% on their journalism test. Well, I think that's kind of why we're here as well. Um, you know, we can give an opinion that's that's not paid for and yeah. bought and sold and not under any kind of time and, pressure. And we do it weekly, yeah. So we've got time to articulate what we want to talk about. And, yeah, and, we've, and we've just, got and no agenda. We're not getting paid off by anyone. We're no. just... We are open to being paid off. If you're out there listening, <laughs> like... Yeah. yeah, a little bit of grass never went astray. <laughs> we can't promise. We can't, we can't promise no, we're going to give you what you want. We're going to yeah, be kind exactly. of like... Like Jeremy Clarkson yeah. in Top Gear. Like you, if you're gonna you take your, some money and see what happens. You gotta take your Tesla to Top Gear and you never know what you're gonna get. You know, it could be glowing or it could be terrible, but yeah. you, you your Tesla will be on Top Gear, so yeah, that's the thing. Um, yeah, look so from my point of view, I just love the and I love the, the little camaraderie we've built up here. I mean we've been off on road trips and yeah. um, all sorts of stuff and I this is a very big part of my um, weekly routine. The wife hates it, but, you know, she can't have things all your own way, sweetheart. I love you. What about you, Glenn? So you've been here for quite a while. We've done things yeah. this way and that way and every way in between. What's some of the, I suppose, segments or, or things that we've we've done throughout a podcast that you've really sort of resonated with and enjoyed doing? I know well, you... I've, I've got to say, I, I did enjoy the, uh, the local cricket heroes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because it was a bit uh, therapeutic as as a captain of some of these guys to be able to to have their stories told, and uh, I think that is one of the the great things about cricket that you, you can have it all the way from you know uh, the the very top IPL kind of players yeah. all the way down to your third grade village idiots, you yeah. know. <laughs> Running around, and some of that, some of those third grade games are the best games you'll ever play. Folks. They are they because are. because because they're for sheep stations. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> but you just 
we're, we're crap, but we're, we're crap in a spectacular way. That Absolutely. Is just <laughs> and cricket is a very, Stories, it, yeah. it can be a very difficult sport to to actually be proficient in, in terms of all the techniques that you need to do to bowl and all that sort of stuff. And so sometimes, yeah. and uh, the European Cricket League is one, and all yeah. the highlights of like village cricket <laughs> yeah. are all rich for them of just the absolute yeah. blunders that you're just yeah. like, and like, I don't know about you guys, but I watch the European Cricket League occasionally when it yeah, comes on going, you know what, so I good. Could, I could play this. We could. And I'd be, like, I wouldn't be the best, but I'd be, like, the top of the average for sure. Like, no one would be sitting there going, what's this idiot doing representing his country? I'd be sitting there, one of those guys, going, I'm good enough that, like, I would be unnoticed in this league. Like, it would just, (laughs) it's just, it's great. And And it gives all of us park numpties hope that one day (laughs) we might get on camera. It's just like, can I go and get a Romanian passport and get my (laughs) game mug on the telly? (laughs) It'd be, um, go, yeah. go dig into your ancestry, see if you've got some, <laughs> some Romanian in there. I'm um, sure. Yeah. I, I haven't seen some of the makeup of some of the teams. I'm pretty sure that it's only a passport that's required. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just possession of a cricket bat might be required at some point as well. Yeah. Um, for those of you that have, haven't been with us for quite a while, the local cricket hero segment that Glenn was talking about is actually Glenn's brainchild, that one. He, uh, yeah. he came to us probably, what, 30s or 40s? Sort yeah. of trying to, we're, you know, we're getting a little bit stale doing we're, the same sort was, of thing. There's the segment, and the segment years. Yeah, and we try to do, break it into segments, A, to yeah. try and keep us on track, and B, to, you know, just to do something a little bit different. And it was uh, swapping stories from uh, from people that, you know, well, not maybe necessarily specific people, but, like, you know, there were some specific people that we played with, but there was also, like, your local cricket stereotype. So, like, that bloke that yeah. rocks up, very first training session, there's still frost in the morning. That's how early that you're training. And yeah. He's like, yeah, definitely, I'm, I'm totally here. I'm, I'm all good. And you'll come out and you'll bowl lightning and you'll have be able to clear the pickets. And you as a captain are like, yes, yes, this guy is. And then he never shows up yeah. at all. Yeah. Or maybe one game Thank like God. just before Christmas yeah. and then never yeah. again. And, you, and so like those guys that rock up. And but then, it, it just goes to show that it really does take all sorts and, and people have got all sorts of ways of doing things. It's just, yeah. Um, um, yeah. My favourite local heroes are the ones who talk a good game. Oh yeah, yeah. The the Joel that would be Joel. I think wouldn't it? From, from our local game, that was a, yeah, a great yeah, one. They the, the talk, talk a good game, and then they turn up and look. I've actually just we we had a player that told us he played Sydney grade cricket. Yeah, was it? He said first grade in he Sydney. He said first grade. First yeah. grade in Sydney, and then asked if we managed to bat a third time in a two day game. Wow. Yeah. In front of the president of our association, <laughs> and it, there there were a lot of stories le- yeah. like that leading up to this point. And he's turned yeah. around and gone, "Where the hell in Sydney did you play? Yeah. <laughs> Go out to yeah. bat three times. <laughs> Are you taking you the can, piss? You could only hope." Like he was playing for our team at this point, and it was like almost a stoush. It was hilarious. <laughs> it was like we get it because we were getting absolutely rock and roll. We were just. Yeah. Absolutely smash. So they did they bat first and then we got knocked over and had to follow on? I can't remember. I, I think I the, think no, we batted first, they batted declared, sent us in and we were on the middle of another collapse. Oh yeah, I remember this game because it was that game where Scotty was out there umpiring and uh one of our guys came and, and um like he was next in. 
and so that he didn't get timed out, one of our players came and dumped all his gear onto the thing. So Scotty had to come off umpiring, put on his gear, and go straight back. Down. We were we were not terrible. we were not on our like yeah we weren't doing well that game. There was just nothing professional about our outfit at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and so yeah, we were in the midst of another collapse, looking like getting outrighted in a day almost. And he was like, if we get all out, do we get to go in again to try and get the score? And it was just like, where have you played? That did, before? did he turn up the next week? Uh, yeah, he did. He turned up for a while, but um, he was quite so, definitely not Sydney grade. Like, no, um, he maybe yeah. went to Sydney grade school. Yes, possibly. But uh, he, he may have been to a Sydney grade game. <laughs> he knows of. I, yeah, I'm aware know. of Sydney having a grade competition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what? I don't. I don't think he might have gone to a Sydney grade game because then he'd know that it's a two in thing. I think that's a, that's a bridge too far. Or maybe it was before they had different coloured shirts and he couldn't tell which team was which. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Anyway. So that was local, local. Yeah, it was. It was a really fun segment. I enjoyed yeah. local cricket heroes. It was. It wasn't all making fun of people too. There was quite a few positive ones out there. Publicans yeah. was a great one. We talked about yeah. publicans being local cricket heroes coming yes. back to the pub after the game and looking after us. Yeah. Oh yes, um, I um, I had the pleasure of my first um, two years in Bathurst playing with Redbacks third grade of having the publican of the family hotel playing in our team. Yeah. And then when we won the grand final that year, it was like. Yeah, that was a, that was a good night. <laughs> mm. uh, some of the things that I've enjoyed over the time is just sort of what has been how the the podcast has grown um, and getting involved in social media. I don't know how many of you follow the other stuff that uh, that we do. Um, so getting involved and being able to. Uh, you know, I, I write articles for the Raw cricket articles under the, under two slips in a gully. So it's not under my name. I actually submit it as two slips in a gully. And sort of, of, course, a, of course, you're our mini pods. The mini pods the on matches. on YouTube. I've sort of slowed down on those. I probably should get back into them. But yeah, they were they were quite fun. Getting involved. That was it was difficult to do because I just wanted were, to. You could see the, cry half yes, the time. There was a couple of them where you just thought, my God, and your dog died. I oh, know that's right. We just got bowled out for a hundred again. hundred oh, <laughs> was generous almost. <laughs> Uh, and, yeah, so exploring that on social media. And, of course, um, I'm always the one because I, I put a lot of the content together over the 150 episodes. There's been a few bits and pieces we talked about, but by and large, you know, it's um, been me that's put the content of what we're going to speak about and then hitting these guys up for homework and going, all right, guess what? Because I can't think of anything else to do for this one, we're going to do uh, a, a themed 11. So the Back for Your Life 11. That was <laughs> that was a great that was a classic. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was on St Patrick's Day as well. The that is the line. that is the last time that, that we do an episode drunk. That, that was, that, and that was our only step into horror. <laughs> oh, go go and check it out. It seemed like such a great idea when we were drinking at the pub before going to record because St Patrick's Day was on a Wednesday, which is the day that we record. We all managed to have the day off somehow. Yeah. Um, and so we weren't we weren't. Plastered. We were coherent enough to obviously do the episode, but we thought it'd be a great idea to do a Batfield Life Eleven, and then after a, a voice changing app and a few Guinnesses later, we decided that what we're going to do is have pretend this, that we were actually kidnapped. Pretend that someone had hijacked the show, kidnapped us, and then we needed to pick a team to bat for our life, and that team, and all, all we would be killed. It was it was you great. were really like, drunk. Like it, was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was so yeah, good. Um, but yeah, having fun like that and getting involved, just just being creative with cricket, so it doesn't become just such a such a bore. We've obviously gone through and done 
our all-time test 11s. We're doing the all-time one-day 11s. I believe we did our one, which was pretty fun, which required a lot of homework, which I think you and Scotty didn't thank me for, Glenn, which was the 11 by innings. So you had to pick you know, your best inning, your favorite innings from someone who, or two innings from people opened, yeah. your favorite innings from someone who batted at three, your favorite innings from someone who batted at four, yeah. five, six, seven. And then once we got to seven, it then turned into your favorite innings from someone who was batting at eight but bold. So like Mitchell yeah. Johnson's was listed at eight. So some of his innings came in and worked it out that way. And that was you know, complicated, you know, if you think it was complicated to explain, it was pretty complicated to get out there. So that was a good one. So it was just, yeah, just being able to, I suppose, put our own twists on how we want to talk about cricket. And it's, you know, this obviously being the vehicle for that has been meant that we've been able to, to be pretty creative. And, and sometimes it's been effort to be creative. I mean, it's 150 episodes and we're talking about one sport in a very... And a very Australian-esque, well, uh, Australian bias, I suppose, because we're talking about Australian cricket quite a lot. We do obviously talk about foreign, but we would say unashamedly the, the thing that we spend the most time talking about is Australian cricket. So mm-hmm. being able to then uh, twist that and present that in new and creative ways to you know, obviously keep it going for 150 episodes and hopefully quite a few more. It's um, it's always it's been a, a fun challenge to make sure that you know we're still coming out and not just. Well, the, the thing is too that I think that cricket, it, by its very nature, now is a, a worldwide game all year round. So it's presenting a lot more to talk about, yeah, as 100%. well. And and there's a lot more going on. And, I mean, it's only going to it's only get more and more of it. The more it of these T Twenty franchises pop up. Um, yeah, it's going to be basic. It's going to be a year-round game. There'll be no more of waiting until you know November to talk about cricket. It'll be what I actually um, what I actually love about the podcast too is that we don't like. Yes, we talk about Australia a lot, but we do fo- we do have a focus on certainly the minnow countries as well. We want to see the the game grow, and we want to see these countries succeed. And us talking about it, getting it out there on the airwaves, and you know who knows who listens to it. Yeah. Hopefully, deeper. hopefully, that, that's the, the you know. There's one thing I could say: it, it moves the needle. And yes. Obviously, we're, we're we're definitely not a worldwide power in terms of a podcast. We're just this niche little podcast from you know country Australia. Yeah. But um, you know, if that'd be the thing, if, if it gets picked up by someone that you know then develops a you know a, a passion for cricket off the base, mm-hmm. that'd be fantastic. Or moves the needle in some way that uh, um, you know inspires, even if it you know something to do with like I've talked about American cricket a lot, and you know, if, uh, I, I'm not saying I'm not I'm, I'm not pretty, arrogant I'm enough to sure say that, that that's why they've developed this league. Oh. <laughs> I was about to say I'm not arrogant enough to believe that I have in any way contributed, but if it came out that in some way that I had, that would be absolutely rock my world if that had um, Mm. been the case. Because I think it was episode nine. Uh, I think episode nine or ten, I'd have to go back and check the titles, but it was an episode called If I Were King for a Day. And so that would have been middle of 2019 and Mm. just been from that point onwards, I've consistently been talking, we need to focus on America. Try to get cricket uh, a foothold in, in a, a, a commercial foothold in America for cricket. Be the best thing, and it's just since that point, it is just it is steadily oh, going. I mean, that just shows that you've got growth. an ear to the ground. You've got yeah. a, a good sense of what's going on in the world of cricket. Well, it's um, it, it's. I mean, yeah. It, if anything, it gives us. If it's not yeah. not that we've yeah. we've created anything, but it gives credibility. Like we yeah. we 
at some level know what we're talking it's about. It's your credibility. The thing is, too, that if you're... <laughs> it's, all, if, it's our credibility. If you're, right, a, sport, right, if you're right. a sports lover, I'll and listen. I mean, it's not just you love other sports as well. I mean, you're a big NBA fan. Um, I'm not sure what you're into, but I'm sure you're into all of these other... Yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Cr- yeah. Cricket is, is probably the most yeah. most followed for me. But, yeah. Um, yeah. To me, it's like... um, It's cathartic to be able to talk about all of this sort of stuff as well. And oh, yeah. It really is. It's like... Because being so passionate about the game and, you know, I basically, when I watch cricket, I'm pretty much sitting there by myself cursing at the screen or cheering at the screen and having people walk by me, what the hell is wrong with you? Yeah. Um, I've, I've, it's like I've found a, yeah. a a little home for myself and I, my passion. I, I cannot watch a game and you know anymore without uh, if, if I'm not with as or yeah. there's you know, messages. Yeah. There's yeah. messages like just who would you go to next? With, yeah, yeah, you know if you go yeah. went through our message history, oh. you'd be like, I reckon we should be going to Nessa now or Kuhneman or you know. Yeah, we need to, yeah, yeah. We need to change up here. I'd be bringing on Kuhneman from the other end, and then yeah. like yeah. almost like. To a T yeah. after the commercial break, and there's been a bowling change, and it's like we could totally if <laughs> we, we could captain the team. If we could captain the team, we probably couldn't contribute in a test match, but we could captain it. Yeah, we can tell you what to do. There's no problem with that. We can't do any of it, but yeah. we can tell you what well, to do. We actually had a really good run. Well, I think we were sitting there watching. Was it? It was one of the Australia West Indies games, and it was the West Indies were bowling, and we were. We were very much in sync watching that to what West Indies are doing, and it was almost like two overs after we oh, I'd be doing this, they'd go and not only bring on the right bowler, but yeah. be doing the right plan. Like we were talking for ages, like I think they just need to bring on um, uh, Azari Joseph, Azari Joseph, and bowl some short stuff, and bowl some short stuff. Just come around. And the who, wa- who was it who said bring on Craig Brathwaite? <laughs> who was that? <laughs> we, we, all know I did. we all know. We all know. He owes me some wickets. Yes. <laughs> But, um, yeah, they, obviously that plan didn't go well. Um, Alzari <laughs> Joseph didn't execute his lines at all. But no. it, was, yeah. it, was, it was rewarding to go, yeah, like I think they should change it up and do this. And then all of a sudden an, you know, an international cricket captain is sort of yeah. executing. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, it, it gives us validation as fans that we're not idiots. Like yeah, we're not just dumb fans yeah. that just absorb it through the eyes yeah. and there's nothing going on between our ears. We we have an understanding of the game that at least on some level. Well, I think you, I think you need that because otherwise cricket appears slow. Yes, like it appears slow, but the thing is, between when the bowler bowls the ball and the keeper collects it. There's a lot of thoughts to, to sort of process. And there's actually a lot of things that happen and can happen yeah. and, do, and does happen pretty much every ball. Yeah. Um, and I think that's part of why you've we love know, it. You've got, know, you've got to know what to look for, though. Yeah, oh, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's that's another thing about about love of the game, the nuance in the game. All right. Yeah. Uh, to put you on the spot now, I didn't plan this, but I have a thought while we were... Um, while we were talking, um, it's all right if you haven't really got much of an idea. But uh, moving forward, what's some of the things you'd like the podcast to to tackle? Oh, look, obviously, I think we we just basically continue on the, talking about the topical things that are going on in the game as they come up. Yep. You know, like obviously we have long term vision for what we would like to see in the game. Um, not sure that our long term visions are going to be met, unfortunately. Our long term our long term visions don't coincide with what the world can see as the long term visions. Yeah, for but cricket. I mean the world is what it is. Um, yeah. I, I think what we really do need to do is when we see rubbish, we call it out as rubbish, and when we yeah. see 
good stuff, we call it out as good stuff. Well, I don't think we're in any danger of that not happening. That's no. basically, that's been our mission statement from day one. Yeah. How about you, Glenn? I know that you're you're taking sort of a, a bit of a step back. Oh, look, I think there needs to be more song and dance numbers. More song and dance numbers? <laughs> uh, what, Al you know, Simpson's production yeah, we're, number? Like, like we're, 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 we're beyond 150 episodes. We're due for a musical episode. <laughs> I know, right? You well, know, yeah. like, like where's, where's the Buffy season six crazy, like, musical? <laughs> <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't see know. I, my pads, see my pads. <laughs> for you know, the chair. I, I, I don't know. I'm I would done. like to I'm start the it. tradition of us uh, going to that Sydney test every year or, uh, you know. Um, more road trips. That was my thing. I want to do more road yeah, trips. Yeah, what yeah. we need, bud, is a road trip to a Sheffield Shield game in regional New South Wales. Or that, yeah. Cricket New South Wales. Are you or, listening? Or two slips and a gully goes international. Oh, <laughs> you know what? We should win. IPL win, road trip. No, bugger that. Wins Australia going to the West Indies again? <laughs> yeah. Why go to India when you can go to the Caribbean? As come on, you got to think fourth dimensionally. That's true. <laughs> because yeah. because you can get the other halves to come along as well. They'll oh yeah, and we could leave them some Caribbean holiday. And then they go off and they go and do pina coladas on the beach and feel awesome. I'll just go and watch the. Oh, <laughs> what would you know? I've brought you on this romantic trip to Jamaica and Australia's playing. Oh, oh, would you believe it? <laughs> oh, look, tickets that I bought three weeks ago. <laughs> Amy, Amy would believe it. <laughs> no, no, she, Amy wouldn't believe it. She no. would have known straight up. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we, Caribbean in June. Mm. Okay. Mm. Yes. But yeah, yeah. Was it? How did Hamish and Andy? You reckon got their like gap year TV show? You reckon we can get some nupties yeah. from like <laughs> Channel Nine to give us money to go and watch cricket on TV? For... That would be awesome. <coughs> we 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 could become instant Instagram models. We could. Um, well, well, cricket. Well, cricket models. It's been... We could. I don't know how successful we. <laughs> <laughs> so they've got all shapes and sizes now, man. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's, um, no, that's a rabbit hole we're not going down. <laughs> uh, I, I am. I'm with you guys. I think that'd be great. Something that I'd really love to do more is because I've had uh, a really good time. We've gone on two official two slips in the gully road trips. One was to Queensland versus New South Wales at uh, Tom Stotton Park in Wollongong, which was that was with Gary was here. It was a brilliant was experience. Um, managed yeah. to see the entire game, four day game. Like the side of the ground, like watching the whole thing. The first time I've ever managed to watch a first class or a test game over multiple days. I've been able to go to single day, days yeah. of a test match, but I just um, love how we were within touching distance of uh, you know international Australian Stark, players. Andy Bickle, Manus Lab, like it was a, it was yeah. a really star studded game. In all fairness, yeah, you know, yeah. obviously the like the Steve Smith. If the they Pat do Cummins that, if they stuff. do that again, get your kids down there because the only reason that I didn't go up and get autographs was because I felt like a child. That <laughs> <laughs> didn't stop us with Glenn McGrath. No, exactly. That, that didn't was, stop us. That was amazing. Yes. Um, but no, that was a really good one. And then obviously for those that have been following a little while, we went down and did our day trip down to the Sydney Test, which was fantastic. But yeah, so I'm, I'm definitely all for um, more road trips and we're looking for opportunities to do that. In the in the future, I'd say well, WBBL games are quite entertaining as well. So yeah. um, I, I prefer to go to a long form fixture and spend the day there and have a good time. But um, yeah, yeah. Look, I, I wouldn't be adverse to, to heading down just for the the seven thirty game at, at um, 
what's the spotless the spotless spotless stadium there in western sydney it was a couple of hours drive there probably I'm, be a late late home coming but yeah. i'm keeping an eye on the um the sheffield shield schedule i like i really like obviously loved the test match love test matches but i really kind of like the real laid back wasn't quite as busy as a test match, so you sort of had some room to just sort of chill and not have to deal with people shuffling past your legs all the time. You had room to sort of breathe and stretch out going to the, the Shield one. So I'm going to be keeping an eye on the... Plus, the, you, could, you could hear the beach in the background. Yes. Yeah. It's <laughs> it such a good good ground, that. But, uh, yeah, keeping yeah. an eye on the Sheffield Shield schedule and seeing what game, even if it's a, one at Dremoyne or something like that, even yeah. going and watching I've played a, a it. Shield I've game. actually played at Dremoyne, Ooh. Yes, Ooh. many moons ago in a invitational competition that, that used to run of a Sunday. So I'd play um, Shires cricket on Saturday and go and play 50-over cricket. Because interestingly enough, during my younger days in the, the systems that were around then, like with, with grades and stuff like that, I used to get dropped out of one-day teams because I batted too slow and I probably didn't contribute enough of the ball at that particular point in time. So, um, yeah, I was fortunate enough to play in this invitational competition and had some really, really good players in it, all Sydney-grade players and stuff like that. And we played at Dremoyne Oval. And when the tide comes in, the wicket is so slow. It is literally like a tennis ball. You're playing with a tennis ball. It just doesn't come off the wicket at all. Right. And it's just the most bizarre thing. Oh, okay. And like it happened. So the moisture somehow gets. Yes, because it's right the down there on the on the bay. Yeah. Right. Okay. And when the tide comes in in Sydney Harbour, it slows the wicket right down. And when right. it goes out, it's actually not a bad wicket to bat on they, when they, the tide's out. So hang on. They did remember to build this not on the beach. <laughs> it's not on the beach. It's pretty close. It's I've, pretty close. I've, I've seen, I've seen yeah, it. It's, it's got, pretty close. Like you, you, you look over like one yeah. of the stands and you can see people's boats. Yeah. You know, another dock, another dock one that was interesting, that. Like, that was Birchgrove Oval. I used to play at Birchgrove Oval a fair bit. And it was amazing ground because if you've ever seen it, it's got a cricket wicket in the middle of five football fields <laughs> okay it is huge it mm. is massive and it's right on the water there and the same thing happens there when the tide comes in the wicket gets really really slow and when but when the tide goes out it's a road it mm. is like literally a road to bat on yeah um just one of those little quirks that you get in sydney suburban grounds oh you go yeah. i mean on on my list it's got to be that that beautiful uh Place in South Africa. Oh, Newlands. Yeah, Newlands. I would love to watch a game in, there. In all honesty, those are the two places. If I was going to go on a world, yeah. like a, an overseas tour to go and watch Australia, it would be South Africa because I love watching Australia versus South Africa. Yeah. They're usually such really gripping contests and they've just got some staggeringly beautiful grounds over there. Yeah. And the other one would be the West Indies because if, yeah. even, West if, Indies. even if the cricket's rubbish, you're in the Caribbean. So, like, <laughs> how it's how to, bad can it be? It's hard to go wrong. And obviously yeah. it would be a dream to go and watch the Ashes. But in terms of the, the the actual enjoying the country that you're in as well, yeah, it'd be South Africa or, or the West Indies. Yeah. All right. Well, that'll do us waxing lyrical about about our adventure. It's been a fantastic 150 episodes, and I cannot wait to get stuck into the more of them. There's plenty more coming our way. Where, like I said, where it's going to be a we're aiming for the big daddy hundred, and we've yeah. opened the door now. We've got to 150, and it's time to you know, knuckle down again and charge on towards double tons and, yeah, and better. Just, just retake the guard. 
Um, and coming up after the break, we're going to go and get stuck into, uh, you know, obviously cricket is a very much a numbers thing and, you know, 150 being the number. So we're going to talk about some of our favourite knocks that we have seen that have been 150 or more. 150, between 150 and 199. So uh, there's been some, some very memorable innings being played and so we've picked out some of our favourites that we've seen over the years. All that's coming up just after this. He's got him! Knocked him over! The pressure was too much! With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Got him! There it is! Wicket number 700! And they can't catch him! Here we go, guys. The numbers game. So we're talking everything 150. And I thought just to round out our 150th episode, we're just going to talk about some of our favorite knocks of 150 plus. Uh, I'll start with you. I'll go throw it to you, Glenn. I know that uh, you said you had one ready and, ready and rare and go with the bank. What's a, what's a knock that you've seen? Obviously, these are ones that we've seen. We haven't picked out ones from right. like history that we just know are good innings. We've watched them. We've enjoyed them. And, and it's mm-hmm. been one that we'd, we remember well. All right. Well, I'll have to go with uh, Michael Clark debut one fifty one. That's a really good one. <laughs> um, we all know the context, I suppose, but we'll we'll go. Uh, what two thousand and three, two thousand and four tour of India. Tour of India. Um, Michael on debut. Darren Lehman uh, gives way for him. Basically, I think he retired to allow Clark in there. Yeah. Um, and. We haven't won over there since, and we <laughs> hadn't won over there for a long time before that. I don't, I don't know when the last time was. It was a really big tour from Clark as well. Not yeah. in that game, but in that tour, he also got his six for nine as well. But yeah, it was, yeah, it was a fantastic because he was I mean, just you know, the uh, the footwork. Obviously, I mean, it's, it's it's everything that we we loved about Michael Clark playing spin and you know. Um, Taking it to the the uh, but it was this was the this was the version one Michael Clark this was like blonde spiky hair yeah um you know fresh as a daisy looking like he was about to go back and do his HSC sort of yeah. Michael Clark he was uh, only nineteen or something wasn't he? Oh, I think he's a little older than that 20, but he 21, was he was yeah, like, it was about yeah. that sort of age yeah but um yeah I, yeah he you just, know, had his skincare routine yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but like this is a guy that went and called out for his baggy green because he wanted to bring up his hundred wearing his baggy green sort of thing, and yeah, it was a phenomenal knock playing Harvajan, seeing all around the park. Yeah, good one hundred and fifty there. Sure, and it was just it yeah. was the it was a sign of things to come. He became what he was the best player in the world one point in his career. so yeah. yep. And his record stacks up very favourably against anybody oh. who you want to throw in there. It took, it took 3,000 runs off his career, that back injury that he had. Um, yeah. Easily. Easily took Just sort of, runs yeah. Off I mean, but, and, and you really think about that. What, what was I doing at 21? Um, you know, I, I definitely wasn't going into a country that I'd never been to before. I'm assuming that he'd never been there before. I don't know Michael Clark, but, you know, let's, uh, uh, you know, billion people in, in India. Uh, first test, big stage, uh, walk out, and 
you know, just to have the, the audacity to go, yep, test cricket, I'm coming down the pitch, I'm going to hit these guys over the top, I'm just going to do do my thing. Yeah, but he'd been doing that for New South Wales for a couple of years. There's a lot big so difference we, we, between we, doing yeah, that to we knew, Queensland We knew what spinners. he was about. But, it, okay, it was, but to see him come out and actually do it was that. the audacity to go, yeah. you know what, this isn't the SCG, this isn't, you know, um, North Sydney Oval, this is yeah. India, yeah, where the ball is going to spit and spin and do all sorts of things. And he's just like, I don't care. Yeah, it, I can hit that. I can I can skip down, hit that back over his head, and did it. And it was yeah, yeah. yeah. Just a num, just one of his wonderful hundred and fifties in his career. I mean, he was a man who made daddy hundreds. Yeah, there was no doubt about yeah. that. Yeah. Was he the? He's now the third, third highest in runs in a calendar year. Now that Root yeah. is still second to. To Muhammad Yusuf. Muhammad Yusuf. I think it was Muhammad Yusuf, Clark, and then Viv. And now I think yeah. now we see Root getting yeah. that. So he holds the record for, yeah, third mm-hmm. most runs in a calendar year, yeah. which was very, very – and did so without bat sponsor for a bit of that as well. Which yeah, is, <laughs> that was yeah. Uh, that was very interesting, the whole no bat sponsor thing. I, I reckon that 300 pushy – Price right up, didn't it? <laughs> Just like Glenn McGrath 61. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. What did he All say right. for that? It was like Ponting scoring a 400, no, 750 <laughs> or something like that because it was yeah, so, yeah. so many times higher than his average. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, you, Aaron, what's a, what's 150 that's really resonated with you? Oh, look, there's, you know, I've got a much longer memory than what you guys have. I, I mean, I go back to um my hero, actually, Alan Border. 150 and 153 in the first in one test in Pakistan, probably one of the most boring tests of all time. Um, but he was the first man to do it. 150 in both innings of a test match, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, that 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 one um, probably Ponting's 150 against the Poms in 2005 at oh, Old Trafford. You've stolen one of mine. Oh, <laughs> was, that, was that the one where 156 he, at Old yeah, Trafford? He batted yeah. forever to draw yeah. that test yeah. and keep us in the series. Yeah, that yeah. was the one. Yeah. Um, Steve War's second test 100 in the 89 Ashes Tour, 152 not out. That was a much better 100 than his 177 because this time the English actually yeah. tried to bowl to him properly. Yeah. In the first one, they were just serving him cut shot after cut shot. They didn't do that in his second one. He had to really fight really hard, and he was just brilliant. He yeah, had, had to wait for his shot. Yeah, he was abs- he was absolutely brilliant. I mean, yeah. um, and that to me showed he really arrived. He was the guy who we knew. Yeah, first one, not a fluke. Here I am backing yeah. it up a week later. Yeah, and mm. actually, had to, he batted, he hadn't been dismissed until the third test of that series. So he batted 177, 152 not out, 21 not out in the second innings. Yeah. And then they dismissed him finally in the third test of the series. So that to me was um, an amazing innings. Yeah. Um, I can't, you know, you talk about overseas players. We all seen Kumar's 190 in Hobart. That is just something. That was great. That was something to behold as well. Oh, yeah, nearly got, like, and Sri Lanka were, like, it was a massive total they were chasing, and they looked like they were going to get it, like, yeah. kind of like that uh, Australia versus Pakistan in Hobart sort yeah. of vibes to it, that oh, they I were going to get it. it. Was no, it like, if it wasn't a dodgy umpire it, decision. It takes a lot to really get um, sort of universal respect of 
Australians for international players. Yeah. And I think as soon as as soon as he did that, people were talking about Kumar yeah. playing Kakara, you know. Like you go down to the nets and people were like, Oh, how good were Hickwick with Kumar? You yeah. know, like <laughs> Yeah, it's good. It's like, you know, like a one... first yeah. First name basis, just that. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> we knew what a wonderful player he was, but then he showed us in spades what a wonderful yeah. player yeah, he yeah. was. Like well, for an Australian, it, it, you're not a good player until you do it down here against yeah. us. Yeah, exactly. But as soon as you do that, then then people yeah. start to respect you. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. mean, obviously, um, there's been many, many, many wonderful 150s. I mean, the the one that really stands out for me was. That ponting one, that was just brilliant. Yeah, the way he the way he held the game together, um, and the situation of the series, and the, the Poms were right in the ascendancy. Mm-hmm. They were on top of us in in that point in the series. And yeah, they, it was a series that everything went wrong for our batting. Yeah, you, like the obviously the reverse swing that they had, and just there were some players that were out of form. Yeah. Um, you know, Gilchrist just still has nightmares about. That series, um, yeah. like he yeah. was going to give it away at the end of that series. I think pointing yeah. it to drag him back and go, no, 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 we've got another series coming up in a, in a year and a half. Yeah. Let's get our revenge then. But he was ready to walk away from the game, sort of thing. So, right. but didn't he get his revenge? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, he did. It's a um, pity you didn't reach 150. All right, your turn. I got a couple. You've taken one of mine. Um, Sorry about that. That's all right. It just means it it's was a, always going to happen. Uh, so one of mine, uh, it's it could quite possibly be one of my favourite innings by an Australian, um, just because I just love the the toughness of it, and that's um, Mike Clark at uh, at Cape Town in 2014. He's 161 not out against South Africa, where um, they bashed him up. Oh yeah, his back had, had gone. They knew that he couldn't play the hook and pull. It was gone. Uh, he couldn't really effectively duck out of the way because his back was hurting too much. So uh, Stain and Morkland Co just dug into him and just peppered him relentlessly, broke his shoulder in the game. Um, but he, he stuck with it. He wore delivery after delivery. He rode it as best he could. He tried to get out of the way, but he stuck through. He persevered. He went home, like went into stumps overnight, had no sleep at all, basically, because his arm was killing him. He's come back. He's pumped some painkillers. He's got back on the field, um, and he steered his team to uh, to a commanding to a command, and with the help of David Warner, I think David Warner's contributions can't be ignored. He got hundreds in both innings in that one, but just the 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 steadfastness of Michael Clark, who was the captain, going, "You're not getting me. Yes, you're playing to my weakness. Yes, you're trying to expose a physical limitation that I have, and it would be easy for me to just go, you know what? It hurts too much. I can't physically do what they need me to do to succeed here." Um, we're in a pretty decent knot. You know, David's doing a job up the other end. We're doing okay. It could be easy for me to sit there and go, all right, you know, let's just throw the bat. Let's just see what happens. You know, it's oh, I'm, I'm betting beaten up everywhere. I'm covered in bruises. Enough of this. I'm just, I'm just swinging for the fences and seeing what happens. But he didn't. He stuck with it. He goes, no, I am the captain of Australia and you are not bullying me off this field and stuck with it, batted for over 300 balls, brought up 161, was undefeated by the end of it and walked off the field with a big victory and a series victory in the end of it. And he was just, I just love that about Clark, especially because we're talking about the brash Michael Clark on his debut. You know, yeah. you know, talking this about was the, the other Michael Clark. We're talking about the spiky hair, the painly ass young kid that, you know, lots of people still don't identify with. Um, but then he's come back and he just, given the captaincy and assumed that, that mantle of responsibility was just like, no, this means something. 
I'm not taking the easy way out. And I think that without segueing to, I think someone like Pat Cummins needs to watch a few of those and not because I want him to score 150 with the bat, but he's had quite a few dismissals where he's taken, where it has been difficult and he's taken the easy option very early and got himself out. The He got, copped a few bounces from Rabada in this summer and then skied one straight up in the air and then it was spinning a lot and kept playing the slog sweep and got out what first ball and against India in this recent series. And, you know, like we said at the time, don't want the technical proficiency of an Australian captain who has been a career batsman, but I want the attitude and the application and that you're not getting my wicket because I'm the captain of the country attitude. And I think that right there, I mean, there's other innings like Steve Wall wore plenty on the chest because he's like, that's not the shot that I play, so I'll just cop it. But I think that one, it was just, no, nah, you're not bullying me off this wicket. I can't, I'm you're, struggling you're, to you're, think. You're picking on me because you know that I can't physically do what I need to do to get out of this, but I'm not giving you the satisfaction of no. bailing you out because of my own physical limitations. No. And and he stuck with it and he, he wore the pain, he copped the broken shoulder, he copped the you know the hand and the head and the chest and the ribs, just went, no, nah, no, nah, I'm, I'm sticking through no, and this did is, it. This is more name Auckland's bowling at him as well. From... Yeah, and Dale Stain. And this is the point yeah. where Dale Stain was like in the middle of his... Reign as the number one bowler in the world. Yeah, decimating sides where it left, right and centre. Yeah. Um, and the other one I had as well, which is, again, similar opponent, um, uh, we had it against um, South Africa, was um, second innings of the test in, I believe it was the... No, sorry, hang on. It was the tour before that, wasn't it? Where is it? The 2009 tour. Second inning South Africa of the second test. Philip Hughes is 170. Oh, yeah, 160, yeah. sorry. Cracker. Was that, right. the se- that was the second one, yeah. wasn't it? Became the youngest, uh, I'm going to say Australian, but it might be the youngest player to score hundreds in both innings of a test match and just properly announce what an absolute just legend in the making we had on our hands. Like this is a guy that had been scoring runs for fun in the lower levels, got the call up, had a rough test, got I think four or it might have been a bit yeah. of duck in the first in his first ever dig. Backed it up with a swashbuckling seventy, came out the next test, hundred first innings, hundred and sixty second innings, and it's just like, oh yeah, you know what? The the hype is I am the hype. The hype is real. I am going to be special, and it I've was still just... not seen anyone hit through the ball through <laughs> uh, the offside more easily than Phil Hughes. I don't think. Maybe Sarov Ganguly. He was. He was yeah, going he was another one. But um, he was the, the thing about Hughes that I really liked too is like he went through that period where yes, he burst onto the scene, he's made his two hundreds and everything like that. But they then bowlers really quickly work you out, and they worked him out for a little bit. And he went away because they were targeting his middle and leg stump because he was very restricted about scoring there. Yeah, he came back and was awesome off his pads. I know. And put and I remember that one day innings he played yeah. in Hobart where he just clipped them. Well, he he is the, the yeah. only Australian, only yeah. Australian, only Australian opener yeah. to score a hundred on debut yeah. in a one-day national. Yeah, yeah. Did he get 150 that day? Oh, I can't remember. Nah, who knows? Um, <laughs> he would have gone close, I reckon. Uh, but yeah. he, we, like, we ruined him. Absolutely ruined Phil Hughes. The fact that Mitchell Johnson couldn't hit the cut stuff in England ruined Phil Hughes because we dropped Hughes because we didn't want to drop Johnson because he just decimated South Africa in the last home summer. 
So yeah. I thought, well, you have to keep him because he'll do – if he gets it right, he'll blow the palms away in, in, an, in half an hour. Mm-hmm. So we drop Hughes to bring in Shane Watson to give us another bowling option in case Johnson has the yips. Mm-hmm. And, and then we have and arguably his best innings he's ever played, that 86 not out when Ashton Agar scored his 98. Yeah. Two yeah. days later, he's been dropped for David Warner, who was suspended from the team from punching people, and they yeah. brought him back a career opener, batting at six. And I'm just like, mm. absolutely wasted what could have been a generational yeah. talent. And I think that's why this one resonates with me personally, because it was this young guy coming through. We had the old guard, Langer Hayden, for so long, wonderful servants for Australia. But they were, they became part of the furniture. And it was so liberating and exciting to see someone new come in and it was this young kid from New South Wales and at this point I, I was 19 at the time but I was still young from New South I'm Wales. I'm young, I'm from New South Wales and it was, I could do this. And it was just, <laughs> you could just see like just the, the the innate joy that Phil Hughes had to be out in the middle playing for Australia like he was yeah. just, he was having a good time and it was just so refreshing and not only was he having a good time but it was I'm having a good time, I'm against a very very good cricket team I am carving them up. And mm. it was just sort of that he's 19. He's destroying South Africa in their backyard. How good is this guy going to be in six, seven, eight years when he's getting to his mid to late 20s? Mm. He's got 50, 60, 70 tests under his belt. What's this guy going to be like then? And it was just the, and that's, I think, really sticks with me. And because um, yeah. it was what could have been. And we obviously know that we were, we were robbed through our selectors own ineptitude and then obviously the tragedy True. that happened at, at the at the SCG we were robbed of what of what could have been for Phil Hughes and I always love looking back at highlights of this one because it yeah even without it being a 150 themed episode if I've got spare time I'll, I'll look up Phil Hughes highlights and that's one I go back yeah. to quite a lot just because it's just yeah. just what we've missed and like yeah I've brought this up quite a lot when we talk about Phil Hughes Sean Marsh has been the gold standard of shield cricket for the last 15 years. He's been an excellent Shield player. Yep. Sean Marsh, I think, has 30 first-class hundreds. And what, he's just recently retired at a, a tick short of 40 or whatever he is. Mm. Phil Hughes died at 25 with 26 first-class hundreds. Mm-hmm. Sean Marsh managed to play more than a decade more cricket for four more hundreds and he was considered one of the best players going around in our city. And, it's, and that's not a slight on Shaw Marsh. Shaw Marsh was a very, very good Shield player. Shield player. And Phil Hughes yeah. obliterated him in terms of run scoring at Shield level. This is what we missed out on. This guy was generational, mm-hmm. and we were robbed of that. Yeah. yeah, pretty sad, the whole thing, actually. I mean... I think as well, the Philip Hughes tragedy probably cost Mitchell Johnson the end of his career. Oh yeah, he absolutely. Just, he, he, he didn't have never, it. He just didn't have it after that. He put it away after yeah. Phil Hughes died. He he should have retired at the end of that that Test series against India because yeah. he put it away. He bowled. I think I remember two bounces in anger in the next Ashes series in England, and he got two wickets off him. And I never saw a bouncer anywhere near as effective as what he bowled. In that thirteen fourteen series, and that tour to South Africa, yeah. he just he lost the will to bowl it, and yeah. and you know love Mitchell Johnson. I love that that renaissance that he had towards the back end of his career, but he he's not a good enough bowler. If he doesn't have 
he's not scaring batsmen. Yeah. He he's not. Doesn't he's, have enough he's, not, he's not an elite bowler. He's no. a he's a good he's a decent test bowler. Yeah. With that intimidation factor, he's world class. But without that, he was just a decent test bowler. Yeah. And yeah, he you could just tell after that he didn't bowl with any sort of venom. I think he did he hit an Englishman maybe, or he hit an Indian perhaps late in the series, yeah. and like he he almost I could see it in his eyes he almost wanted to go off. He was just yeah. like, oh man, I don't want nah. And you just and, and that's fair enough. I mean, he would have known Phil Hughes, and Phil Hughes died from what he was what he would what twelve months ago he was made famous for doing. Yeah. You know, and everyone, oh, the Poms have gone home scared. Ah, oh, oh, they're scared. And, you know, this is why they were scared. And, um, but yeah, you're 100% right. That that cost Mitchell Johnson the end of his career because he just, he just didn't have it anymore. Yeah. Or he didn't want to have it anymore. I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but nah. he, the, the desire to, to bowl like that wasn't there. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that'll bring, unless you've got something you wanted to chuck in there, Glenn. No, no. Um, no, I don't. <laughs> Do we done? Cool. Well, that'll bring our uh, 150th episode again. Thank you for indulging. I know there wasn't quite a lot of cricket talk in that. There was very much us just listening to us talk about what we do and what we like. Um, but uh, we'll be back to uh, normal transmissions next week. We've got a great one coming your way. We're going to be tackling the South African one-day international team. Mm-hmm. Best of all time. Um, and as we know, there are so many, so many good one-day players coming out of coming out of South Africa. Yeah. Um, so it, it's it's going to be interesting. We 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 got lost a little bit getting ready for this episode, having a bit of a chat about next week and uh, who we're going to pick. And in that, we were already seeing that there were just so many different yes. um, people that you could pull and where you're going to put them. And um, so yeah, I think it's going to be very much one of those. Yeah. Uh, one of those ones where there hopefully be a bit of conjecture and won't just be. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm bringing conjecture as. Well. <laughs> yeah, I've got lots of conjecture. Awesome, baby. Um, <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us for this one, guys. Um, please reach out to us on social media. Are there any 150 scores that you have watched that you were I'm, just like, yeah. I bet you we missed a few. Oh, we would have missed heaps. <laughs> oh, absolutely would have missed heaps, but we've only yeah. got so much time. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, we're certainly not discounting any other ones, but these are just a few that... Um, that stick in, that, they that, more that, always that, stick in the memory rather than how... Oh, and and they, all, they all mean something, yeah. like especially those two. Those two knocks mean something to me. It wasn't necessarily a... A flashy innings or a, an entertaining innings or anything like that. Uh, they stick with me because they. I, I felt something watching those ones. You know, I felt Michael Clark's resoluteness to not be beaten up by the South Africans, and I, I felt excited for the future watching um, Phil Hughes's one, which I, is why they stick with me. I just remembered what I was going to say. Can I just say it very quickly? Very so quickly, an honourable mention. Okay, yep. Gillies in in. Uh, Gilchrist in, in Hobart. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a safe game. We didn't mention it. We mentioned it off air. <laughs> there, there you go. Right. Cool. Oh, was it only 149? Okay, yeah. all right. I stand corrected. Not. I stand corrected. Uh, it was 149 knots, so oh, we'll, okay. we'll right, sneak right. that one we'll in. We'll sneak that one in. All right. <laughs> Okay, honourable mention. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you very much for joining us on this one. That'll do us for tonight, and uh, we'll see you next time with uh, more cricket goodness coming your way. Till then, bye for now. Bye, guys. Over. Sports Social Podcast Network.